Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Now, just yesterday, Russian President Vladimir Putin launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine, killing dozens and forcing hundreds to flee for their lives in the pro-Western neighbour. We've been talking a lot about this crisis. At this time, I think investors are watching all of this very closely. In fact, not just investors, everyone's watching a lot of this closely because there is expected to be a ripple effect throughout the world, including in the prices of things that we all use, like oil. Shortly after his announcement to proceed with a special military operation, the first bombardments were heard in the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, and several other cities as well. Uh, this, of course, led to Western governments retaliating with sanctions on the likes of those in Russia's defense, banking and financial sector. So there will be all of these implications for Singapore and investors. We've got to look at investor reactions. Of course, there are risk-off attitudes in many markets. Will this continue? To find out more, we're joined now by Yip Junrong, market strategist at IG. Good morning, Junrong. Hi, good morning, Bharati. Junrong, thank you so much for joining us uh, to help us through this and to talk us through this. Let's start with those investor reactions that I just mentioned. It's risk off for many markets, right, including the SDI, which fell over 3% yesterday. This was the biggest drop in more than two years since COVID-19 emerged. How much more pain do you think will be in store? Yes, yeah, so uh, definitely we are seeing some uh, sort of a risk-off mood uh, at least uh, yesterday, considering that you know markets are struggling to digest you know how much of an economic disruption that the conflict will actually bring, and most importantly you know whether inflationary pressure will actually you know continue over the longer term, whether it will become a more persistent and expected, considering that you know Russia is actually a, a key uh, commodities uh, powerhouse with a significant share in the world's uh, production of uh, input materials. So, for example, it actually accounts for uh, 6% of uh, global aluminium production, 10% of uh, global oil production, and uh, particularly 40% of uh, palladium uh, production. So, these are actually very significant amount, you know, that they are actually producing and contributing to the world's uh, uh, production. So, if we were to see any, you know, some sort of a disruption in terms of these uh, supplies, so that will definitely spur, you know, higher pricing pressure. And if you talk about higher pricing pressure, what comes to mind will be in terms of, you know, central bank having to tighten, you know, much uh, at a quicker rate in order to curb, you know, all these uh, increases in the prices. But as of now, I mean, uh, there may be some sort of a relief overnight that, you know, sanctions tends to, you know, uh, sort of avoid all these kind of sectors. So that provided some sort of a near-term relief for markets in that, you know, potentially the disruption to this kind of a supply may sort of seems uh, more limited now. Uh, Jurong, if we were to dive into the details of, let's say, you know, things do get bad, how will it affect us here in Asia and Singapore? Let's start with food. We know Ukraine's the world's third largest exporter of corn and the fourth largest exporter of wheat. Russia is the world's top wheat importer. What's this going to do for Singapore's inflation outlook? Yeah, so Singapore is a very largely trade-dependent economy. 
So I believe that Singapore will not, you know, sort of be spared from the uh, global inflationary pressure. If you look at, you know, in January, core inflation has uh, risen to 2.4%, which is the highest level in the nine years. And that was actually before the uh, conflict uh, escalates. So if you look at the components, you know, having the most uh, percentage point contribution on the uh, year-on-year CPI, it comes from uh, food and uh, electricity and gas. So these are also the areas that are heavily affected in the uh, Ukraine-Russia conflict. And also the essential nature of these uh, components on our everyday life seems to suggest that, you know, consumers will definitely have to uh, face it. So from the firm's perspective, you know, any disruption in supplies for these uh, input materials may also mean a higher cost of uh, production. So they will also have some sort of a squeeze on their uh, profit margin if they are not able to actually, you know, fully pass on the cost uh, to consumers. So although geographically, you know, Singapore is some distance away from the uh, conflict zone, uh, but the overall, you know, uh, potential economic disruption may actually make uh, supply chain issue more uncertain and also, you know, the higher upside risk for uh, global input prices. So that will indirectly, you know, flow through into uh, Singapore with us being such an uh, open uh, economy. Mm, Those ripple effects can be very powerful and they could be embodied in the oil price levels as well, right? I mean, we saw oil prices break above $100 a barrel for the first time since 2014. To what extent will this further squeeze household budgets? Please note that these budgets are already strained by rising inflation. Yes, so uh, yesterday we saw, uh, you know, oil prices are already surging above $100 a barrel. Uh, which marks the first time since uh, 2014. And overall, you know, that is riding on these fears of uh, disruption in uh, energy exports at a time where uh, economic uh, reopening are already uh, driving uh, some sort of a tight supplies. So as mentioned, Russia accounts for uh, 10% of their global oil production. And uh, given the, of course, given the crucial dependence for oil, at least we are seeing that, you know, energy transactions are sort of exempted from uh, sanctions in the near term. But overall, I believe that, you know, if you were to see any disruption, they may not have a clear solution. Uh, if you look at the OPEC plus members, they are sort of struggling to restore uh, production quickly enough, even before the uh, conflict escalates. So the group is meeting on the on 2nd March to decide on the output for April. And of course, there's a chance that they may increase uh, production if there are further escalation, largely to stabilize the uh, oil market. But, you know, my overall take is that, you know, oil prices may seem to be underpinned, uh, considering that most of the members are struggling to keep up with uh, production increase. And globally, you know, countries may tap into their oil reserves. But we have seen a previous release uh, late last year, which kind of only involved a small volume. And that kind of had a limited impact on, you know, keeping oil prices down. So measures may seem uh, limited at the current point in time. Okay, so it looks like uh, as far as um, alternatives for oil are concerned, it looks like we're going to have to wait for that OPEC Plus meeting to see how that works out. Uh, Junong, if I can turn your attention to the spike in commodity prices that affect Singapore's economic growth, how bad do you think it's going to get? Yes, so uh, in terms of Singapore's economic growth, uh, you know, from the firm's perspective, you know, higher any rise in the input material costs such as, you know, aluminium, oil, palladium, uh, that may mean, mean a higher cost of a production. So that will have some squeeze on, you know, profit margin if they are not able to, you know, uh, translate these costs to the uh, consumers. And therefore, given the uh, uncertainty of the impact from, you know, supply chain issues and uh, global input prices, I think firms may sort of lean to 
towards uh, conserving cash in preparation for any sudden increase in cost. And that may then, you know, lead back to some cutback on uh, investing for growth in the near term. Whereas for a uh, consumer side, you know, a rally in uh, crop prices from, you know, wheat to uh, palm oil and uh, food products that rely on these uh, commodities will become uh, more expensive to produce. So some, one example could be in terms of your pasta. So if you were to see, you know, higher prices at the grocery stores, that will translate to a greater pressure on the household savings. And if the rising cost of living, you know, leads consumers to cut back on overall spending, that may actually put a cap on the economic uh, growth momentum ahead. Now, Chen Rong, of course, uh, the other developments will also, I think, have a link with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. We've already heard that, you know, the Fed stands will also be affected by this. In this connection, in Singapore, the Singapore dollar, Let's talk about this for a moment. Last month, the central bank tightened its monetary policy setting in an out-of-cycle move to fight those inflationary pressures across the region. Uh, to what extent might we see another move by the MAS? Yes, so uh, as you mentioned just recently in January, we have seen an uh, out-of-cycle you know, tightening move from the MAS to curb uh, inflationary pressure. So I believe that any further move within this uh, short period of time may seem uh, unlikely given that authorities may want to actually see how the situation may unfold before committing to a further uh, tightening decision. So currently, MES projection for core inflation is at uh, roughly 2 to 3% over the course of uh, this year. So what we'll be looking out for will definitely be the next uh, MES meeting that will be in uh, April. So if inflation over the uh, coming months remains uh, persistently high or even sort of exceeded the uh, higher range of the uh, projection of uh, 3%, so I believe then that could actually be a chance where you may see a further uh, tightening move then and that may provide tailwind for the uh, Singapore dollar. Junong, just uh, one final question and I want to take a look at the local stock market here. Uh, which will be the top gainers and losers out of all of this and what kind of stocks will you be avoiding and perhaps keeping an eye on? Yes, yeah, so of course, in the near term, you know, where there are some, still some uh, jitteries in the uh, stock market. So generally, you know, a risk-off kind of uh, approach may definitely, you know, cause some uh, headwinds for a risk asset, such as, you know, uh, equities, whereas it may provide, you know, some, uh, you know, near-term re- uh, boost for a uh, safe haven, such as your gold. And in this case, oil prices, in light of, you know, some sort of uh, ongoing demand from uh, economic reopening, even before the uh, conflict actually uh, sort of begins. So in terms of uh, sector-wise, uh, I believe that those sectors that are actually able to sort of, you know, weather these uh, higher uh, prices, namely, I would say, could be in terms of the consumer status, whereby they are better able to actually, you know, pass on these uh, costs towards uh, their consumers. So those could likely see uh, some uh, attraction. And if you are talking about, you know, inflationary pressure potentially weighing on uh, consumer sentiments, so those uh, sort of uh, sectors which are deemed, you know, sort of non-essential, such as our consumer discretionary, so those could potentially see some sort of a pullback in terms of our spending from our consumers. Thanks very much for that, Chun Rong. Really appreciate it. We've been speaking with Yip Chun Rong, market strategist at IG. You stay safe and take care, yeah, Chun Rong? Thank you, Bharati. Stay safe. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.